out the gate. I look like cinnamon with brown sugar on coffee cake. This melanin, no preserves, no aftertaste. No master hated, emancipated boy off the chain. Like that. I see we park and talk. We see the lights. Yo, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of the Color Reimagined Podcast presented to you by People of Color Clothing. Of course, I'm your host, Darius Northern, and today. We have a very special topic. Today we are talking about black, the black woman's experience at a predominantly white institution. And today I have two very special guests who are now going to introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Paige Phillips and I am in my second year of my master's program at Oregon State University. I did my undergrad here as well. Okay. Hi, my name is Destiny Franklin. I'm a second year and yeah, I'm still an undergrad. That's what's up. So let's get right into it. So why did you choose Oregon State? I know both of you guys are not from Oregon. You're from Pennsylvania. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you're from Chicago. From Chicago and Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> so why So why Oregon State? Why did you guys choose Oregon State? Um, honestly, coming out of high school, I didn't really want to go to college at all. And the choice was either to go back home to Atlanta to go to Georgia State or go to OSU where my mother was working at and get money off tuition. So I chose to go to Oregon State. Yeah, so my experience was a little bit different. I um, did rowing in my undergraduate, or yeah, I did rowing in my undergraduate. And I did a little bit in high school. So I got offered a little bit, like barely any money for um, a scholarship to come here and row. But then they said that I could work my way up into like getting like a full full ride scholarship. So I just worked my way and then I ended up getting it. So then I stayed. That's what's up. That's what's up. And how would you describe your experience like being a, a black woman at a predominantly white institution? <laughs> <laughs> just like overall, like. Um, Let's just say from an on campus as a student standpoint. As a student. I mean, it's definitely a culture shock, but not enough for me because the the black woman figure that I've always had in my life is mm-hmm. still with me in college so it hasn't struck me that deeply and you're referencing your mother yeah my mother definitely mother. so I still have that um security so I don't think I can really um I don't know I don't know it is weird though um being here compared to my high school in Chicago was like all black so coming back into like being an environment of mostly white people I I know how to navigate it, but sometimes I'm so drained at the end of the day yeah. of not seeing enough people like me and um, hanging out with other black women. I'm glad to meet Paige and have her in my life now. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I'm rambling. That's all I'm saying for, yeah. for now. I don't know. My experience is a little bit different, I'd say, because I was on the rowing team, and we all know that's a predominantly white sport. So I came in, and I think it was hard for me to make black friends because – I was on I was on a team. I was already on a team. So when you come here as an athlete, like it's it's like you already have your group of people that you're going to be with. Mm-hmm. So then trying to go outside of that sometimes was a little bit of a hassle. Also because there was when I had first got here and when I came to school, there was like a little tiff it seemed like between like the black students and the black the black students that were athletes. Yeah. So like since there was that little bit of tiff, it made it hard I feel like for me to like insert myself into, you know, the insert myself into the like community that was here Mm -hmm. so I kind of like stayed away from it a little bit I guess but then I think after a while like I kind of got over it I kind of like tried to insert myself a little bit and it ended up working out because now like I'm friends with most of them so Mm -hmm. yeah and plus you started working for damn chic correct right right I'm sure that was like a great merger for you to kind of dance between both worlds as as a creator and as an athlete right um 
kind of like in hindsight, did you guys ever consider going to an HBCU? Um, for <laughs> me, I would say no, because just because of financial reasons. Because I, I know I read a lot of stuff where people are like, oh, like you should just give back to like the, you know, the black experience, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, I have an issue with um, debt. <laughs> Like I don't want I don't want to come out with debt if I don't have to because yeah. like for me if I can like go to a predominantly white institution and later give back to those you know HBCUs or something mm-hmm. then I would rather do it that way versus me going and being in debt just you know trying to support uh, the HBCUs but yeah. to, which I get like they're trying to keep them open and it's hard for them to stay open mm-hmm. but I I just don't come from a place where I could um, do something like that my parents will kill me. <laughs> You said your account don't work like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, my high school, so Kenwood Academy, if you're from Chicago, you know about it. They're very, like, HBCU heavy. They influence everybody to go there and apply to them. So when it was time for, like, decision day, and everybody's like, oh, where are you going? And I'm just like, uh, like, I guess Georgia State. Georgia State isn't an HBCU, but it is more so predominantly black. So it kind of works yeah. out, and it's, like, cheaper than going to Morehouse or Clark and Spelman and stuff like that. So that was my like kind of like niche of like going to one, but not really going to one. So I did consider it in a way, but I like you, I just knew like money wise, it just wasn't really, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know for me, like it was almost a challenge to get into a predominantly white institution. So it's like I had something to prove, prove to myself and society, like I belong in this space. Mm-hmm. So like that was one of my deciding factors in choosing to come to this. Um, and I, when I tell you I had a lot of schools to choose from and Oregon State was like the only one I didn't visit, but it just looked really good on paper. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wanted to study horticulture too. So like, you know, they got a great ag program and stuff. So I I looked into HBCUs briefly, mm-hmm. but I didn't really, I wasn't really spun up on like the whole significance of that experience. So mm-hmm. um, I just, it kind of missed me. But in hindsight, I wish I would have like considered and visited and, all that jazz, but yeah. you know it is what it is. Hindsight, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, mm-hmm. But next question, like being at a predominantly white institution, do you feel like Oregon State or this college or this environment rather has resources in place to kind of support your experience? Being that you know you are not only mm-hmm. are you black, but you're also a woman, and we kind of talked about it before the show. Like that's you're double black. You mm-hmm. know, um, yeah. do you feel like there's resources in place to support your experience? No. <laughs> yeah, I was about to <laughs> absolutely say, yeah. not. Um, within my double within the double jeopardy um, for me it's kind of triple because like I'm black I'm a woman and I'm part of the LGBTQ plus community but on the black side I have a really cool um, academic advisor within EOP so I got that um, black woman wise on campus other than my mother of course not really no not at all and then going on my third thing definitely not Mm -hmm. so that's my experience yeah I have to agree like I think for me, as far as me, like, being, like, more um, out there on campus, I guess, like, doing damn chic and, like, being an athlete and, like, working and different stuff, all that stuff, with that, I felt like I inserted, I had to insert myself and, like, make space for me in those those situations Mm -hmm. because there wasn't, it seemed like there wasn't any space for, you know, of course, black women because we we're like the minority on campus of course like black men too all that so it's mm-hmm. like for me I had to I think me making space for myself in these other spaces where there wasn't really any black women has like not proved a lot but like shown that like we can be out here too you know yeah so like definitely. and then and it um 
I think it for me it helps for me to do that so that other black women will feel comfortable inserting themselves in situations too yeah. because um I don't know it's just like <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I got you I got yeah. you so in regards to we kind of talked about before the show started um feminism mm-hmm. um and I kind of referenced earlier in the show like being double black so being that you work in the the Pride Center, mm-hmm. um, do you feel like that might be a place where you can kind of find refuge or no? Not really. Um, so within the Pride Center, I also work for Soul, which is like a multicultural support network. Um, and so me and um, a co-worker that I have, we're both black. And like coming into the center and trying to like make space. Like we're finally doing like Black Trans Year Remembrance. And like I'm trying to have a Black Queer History Month. Because a lot of time, like, the sexuality is often erased because in our culture anyway, like, sexuality has been, um, you know, something that we normally like to talk about. It makes yeah. people uncomfortable. And so it's now to the point of, like, getting uncomfortable with that because, I don't know, I feel like, you know, we already have so much against us. But then it's like when we have the divide within our community, it's like, at the end of the day, I'm black, whether... I'm gay, straight, or whatever. So it's like when you yeah. don't even have your own community supporting you, it's just very, um, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Like, how do you feel about feminism as a black woman? So um, feminism as a black woman, I've, even when, like, it was really cool to be a feminist in, like, 2013 or something, when, like, everybody on Tumblr was like, ah, I like <laughs> feminism, it's lit. I was kind of like, yeah. oh. So I kind of did my own research. <laughs> And I found out about how Alice Walker talked about womanism and womanism is feminism for a black woman because I don't know. We're just always pushed aside. Like everybody is going and taking our ideas, but nobody really like wants to hear them and push for what we're going for. Mm. So even in the women's suffrage movement, when they had the Seneca, the Seneca Falls convention and they had Harriet Tubman and these other important black women in there fighting for the rights for women to vote, the white women were still like, yeah, we want all of us to vote, but it wasn't black women. They were mad that black men even got the right to vote. So even like that hint of racism came out and it was like, I don't know, white women are just like all for themselves. So that's why feminism is like completely like left field for me. I don't really mess with it. Yeah, me either. But womanism is something that I can see myself being a part of because it's made for a black woman by a black woman. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that in Portland too because there's this, not Portland, but just Oregon in general to where like it's this certain vibe um, pertaining to feminism that leaves out a lot of like, of just the broader, you know. It, it other just people really, other than white people, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it just focuses on like white women. And I think, I think yeah. when I came here, like I'm from the South, so like we don't really talk about feminism like that. <laughs> yeah, we so, no, don't really talk about anything. Anything, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like when I came here and I had to like get spun up on feminism, I'm like, okay, cool, I can be about this. I'm all about like, um, equality. Yes, equality. But in, e- even in equality, it's just like I'm not a big fan of that. Like mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of like women and like equal pay and stuff like that. Don't get it twisted. But like when it mm-hmm. comes to fem- feminism, I feel like it's more so equity. I feel yeah. like giving women, meeting women where they're at and giving them what they need to like succeed. Yeah, and that's exactly. just kind of like where I'm at. And it just fe- feminism is so divisive. It's so many like subgenres yeah. of feminism that. Just womanhood just seems like exactly. it's, it just seems more apropos just to kind of lean on that. Um, shifting from like the college experience, we're going to talk about dating. <laughs> <laughs> it's tea time. I know we can take this a lot of different directions. Um, 
But what's what's your dating experience like? Since you start first, non-existent. <laughs> Let me shake the table real quick. <laughs> nah, but um, for me, I can definitely say my first year, I was definitely more of like a go to class, go back to the dorm type of person. I wasn't really trying to be a part of anything. I think that came from me not wanting to go to school anyways. So, mm-hmm. but now that in my second year, I have like more experience and I've tried to put myself out there. And for me, it's, like, different layers you have to go through and even, like, considering should I, like, go talk to this dude. It's like, okay, one, does he like black girls? If he like black girls, does he like dark-skinned girls? If he likes dark-skinned girls, then is he going to like, like, a quote-unquote alternative girl or someone that just doesn't always, like, get their nails in every week, got the sew into her ass, is going to go for whatever he say type, sh- type stuff. <laughs> so it was, like, having to go through that. And then it's, like... I guess everyone's experience is different, but I guess dudes come to college just like, ah, let me wild out. Let me try this white girl. Let me try this. Let me try that. But for me, it's like, that's dead. Like I've had my fun in high school and it's like, I don't really want to wild out and like have hoes and do the most. But Mm -hmm. I feel like you have to find someone that's on your level. And right now that level is like non-existent. And if it is found, (laughs) then they're already cuffed. And then it's like predominantly like most of the dudes on campus are like athletes. So with athletes, it's difficult because it's like... Most African-American. Most black. Yeah, black most black, black dudes yeah, on campus yeah, are yeah, athletes. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, do they have a girl back home? And like, they just not posting them and there are some player shit. It's like, you just never really know with athletes. It's mm-hmm. difficult for whatever reason. I yeah. don't know. Because I'm open about my sexuality. And I feel like most dudes, when they hear that I'm bi or whatever, they get like intimidated or I don't even know. Or they just think something completely wrong. As <laughs> soon as you hear someone's bi, it's like, oh, threesome. And it's like, nah, like I'm not, I'm not with that. Yeah. And... I just think a lot of dudes just aren't there mentally and spiritually to where I want to be at. And it's like, even if you aren't on that level, like, do you have the potential to grow with me and like learn? Like, can I put you on a game and you not going to take it the wrong way? Kind of. And I think a lot of dudes just don't know how to talk to a girl. Like, like the first question you ask me is, do you smoke? Like, no, like, can you come with something else? I don't (laughs) want, you can't smoke me out. Like you got to take me out somewhere. I want to do something. Yeah. I feel like I'm too laid back. And dudes just not, they just, nothing's going right right now. And that's yeah. okay. I'll find yeah. the person when it's time. Yep. Yeah. I hear you on that though. Like <laughs> the whole, like, do we like black girls? Do we like dark skinned girls? Yeah. And then it just goes for me to, um, does he like girls that aren't like in that typical, like beauty the standard, the norm of like beauty standards. Cause like mm-hmm. it comes down to beauty standards at the end of the end of the day You're too. And I, features right. And, and so like yeah. me, I don't fall into that category. Like, if I go out with my friends, like my friends are beautiful. All of my friends are beautiful. So it's like you notice like the way that they're the way that they approach my friends versus the way that they approach me. Like right. yeah. I noticed like when I started going out, like I go out with my friends all the time and like dudes will come up to them and hug them and they'll dot me up or something. Like they'll like, oh, like shake my hand. Like not my sis type <laughs> shit, but it's just like they'll like shake my hand because they don't either they don't really know me or right. whatever so it's just like oh but then they'll like uh, hug other people that they know i'm like okay mm. like that's weird like the dynamic is just off i don't know if it's a, an intimidating thing or whatever exactly. like i don't know what it is so i was just was like okay whatever but like my dating experience <laughs> didn't like i didn't start dating at osu until i was probably like what like a junior or a senior like okay. my first two yeah. years yeah, like it was just like nothing, nothing was happening, exactly. and I was, and I was fine with it because it's like at the end of the day, I can't control what they want to do. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they got to do what they got to do, and then the right person will come for me when it when it's time. It's time. Yeah. So it's mostly been, but like as far as guys that like come to me, it's like mostly been white boys. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like are black boys intimidated to like come yeah. talk to us? Like I, I don't, I don't really understand it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think for me personally, like coming from 
the East Coast to <laughs> Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, like, it was a big culture shock, especially in the dating room, because, like, mm-hmm. I'm going from, like, seeing Hispanic women, black women, and that prim- that's pretty much what I dated before I got here. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of black and a little bit of Hispanic. And then when I got here, it was just like, you know, what? where's the black woman? <laughs> and then the black women that are here, it's just like they're occupied. Okay. So it's like it's it's a very small pool mm-hmm. or it's like, okay, my homeboy didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, so like, yeah. yeah, so it's yeah, like, like, so it's like, it's, it's, circle's small. it's awkward. Yeah. So like when I got here, oh, that's when I experienced, um, that's when I, I, I had to open up my mind and kind of dip into like, dip my hand into the sugar jar, I guess, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. I'm dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like for, for me, like it's something that, um. I've always been consciously aware of, mm-hmm. even when I, I have been in an interracial relationship, mm-hmm. but I wasn't public about it. Cause I'm like conscious of the fact that there are black women out here who are like struggling to like date and stuff like that. And I don't mm-hmm. want to flaunt like my interracial relationship on IG or like mm-hmm. out in public. So I'm more mm-hmm. covert about mine. And when I was in that interracial relationship, I think it was like, it was something they didn't really understand, mm-hmm. but I knew I understood it because I know, like, I have a little sister, and I know, like, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying? I know, like, the experience somewhat because I have a dark skinned sister and I have a light skinned sister, so it's mm-hmm. like yeah. I see can see both. I see both. Right. So, like, for me, being in an interracial relationship, it wasn't something that I wanted to put on like Front Street because yeah. I know, like, that perception, and I know, like, I, don't, I know it kind of hurts. It has to hurt yeah. y'all heart a little bit when y'all mm-hmm. see like a brother walking down the street. Yeah, I just, I mean, there's nothing wrong with like mm-hmm. having an interracial relationship. That's what yeah. I want to say first off. Like, I'm not like against that, but um, I think it's also just something in our community that's like hard. Like when you see someone famous, like a football player, or whatever, that goes with a white woman, you're like, oh, he's a sellout, like whatever. Yeah. And then when a black woman's with a white man, it's like, uh, like what is she doing? You know. Yeah. So I think that's just something in our community period that like we have issues with. Um, but it's I don't know. It seems to just primarily be with like white people, like having a racial relationship with like a Hispanic person or of another sort. It's like like oh it's okay like it's chill. Yeah. But when it comes yeah. to white people, it's like no like what the fuck are you doing? Right. Yeah. It's like I don't I don't know why. But um, yeah, Oregon definitely like expanded my horizon to like meeting more like mixed people and like seeing mm-hmm. more interracial relationships because it's a lot of yeah. biracial people here. yeah yeah mm-hmm. like down south being from <laughs> yeah. georgia it was like I'm, I, don't, I don't know it's like they weren't there at all but it wasn't yeah. like as prominent as it is in oregon kind of yeah. yeah like i wasn't against um interracial relationships because it's like i don't think that it's the fact that people are going outside of their race to do you know to date or whatever i think mm-hmm. it's like sometimes black women have to suffer at the expense of them like having to bash like mm. men will bash black women while they're dating like someone of another yeah. race yeah. so i think that that's what the issue that i have because like i don't have an issue with people you know going outside their race and finding love because like you love who you love you you know it's, it, it is what it is but it's just like when black women have to suffer and like have to listen to you say, oh, black women this, black women that, and they don't attitudes, do this, and they don't do that, attitudes, da da da. da, da, da. Yeah. yeah. It's like just all like that colorism. shit. Like, yeah, like I'm not trying to hear that shit. It's like thinking, as soon as you said that, I immediately thought of colorism because people are always like, well, why can I like a light skinned chick? Why can I do that? And it's like, there's a difference between like preference and then just like you like fetishizing it or just like talking down on like dark skin and be like, you know, they'd be like, black bitches got attitudes, they mm-hmm. got this problem, da da da, light bitches, they pretty, they dainty, all that type Miracle of stuff. Miracle Black said that he wanted a light-skinned girl because he can break her down a little bit easier, right? All that type stuff. So it's <laughs> like, I think that's the, the point that we're trying to get at. Like, it's just a difference between, like, your preference 
and like whether it negatively affects the other, whether your preference does that by putting down another, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think too, like not to give black guys an excuse that we're down with institutions, <laughs> but like there's white girls everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a lot of them are chasing fantasies and like, like they're, they're everywhere. So it's like really easy to kind of get tapped in with like, that area of mm-hmm. like dating or whatever so mm-hmm. it's and it's a little bit harder to find like a black woman who's not occupied who hasn't your homeboy hasn't talked to the homie yeah so it's her. like it's because we're such a small demographic yeah. here at oregon state it's like it's tough yeah yeah i see that yeah on the same topic of dating like what is it what is dating like on apps do you guys utilize apps any you got to <laughs> when options are slim sometimes you just have to yeah um I don't know. Tinder is just, it's a weird place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a weird place going on Tinder. Do you see Tinder. the effects of colorism on Tinder? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I don't know what to say. Yeah, like Tinder, I don't know. I I use it, I guess. <laughs> I mean, there's no shame it's in like, it. Yeah, there should be no shame like, I know there's Tinder. no shame. It's just yeah. like, it's just, no, there's nothing on there. Exactly. That's the, that's what the issue You're is. You're going to swap by a white boy with a gun and a deer. Yeah, and deer yeah, like, okay. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. like am I going <laughs> to... Crazy, yeah. I think because it's it's also like it's just a lot of weird people like mm-hmm. on Tinder. Like you try to talk to somebody, like there's. I'm gonna give you an example. Like right. there's this one dude that I was trying to talk to on there, and like he he's black. He's lives in Corvallis, mm-hmm. and like he he doesn't go to school. Whatever, that's fine. But it's like they don't have like. I don't know. It's like communications is off or something. And it's like, so he like came up, like, I guess he went to like Bend or something. So he like came up here one day. He's like, oh, when I get back to Corvallis, do you want to hang out? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, sure. Like we can figure out a time, whatever. And one day he just texted me randomly out of the blues. Like I'm in Corvallis. (laughs) And I was like, okay. I was like, I can see you at the end of the week. Cause like the beginning of the week I'm booked up. Like I, you know, I got, I got other, you know, things I got to do. And he was like, oh, well I'm leaving on Tuesday afternoon. Right. Like, what the fuck you want me to do about exactly that? you should have said that before <laughs> exactly like what you want me to do yeah. about it and it's just like and then he got mad because i was like well i can't i guess i'll see you next time and he was like oh ha 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 okay like, like attitude it's like attitude shit. like oh my god yeah. let me tell you so i had the same experience <laughs> so literally i was um this dude called me i didn't have his number say then i met him off tinder <laughs> and i declined it because i was on facetime with my friend and he texted me he was like yo like i'm in your city i'm trying to see you but you being a cap-ass female <laughs> I call him. I say, yo, female. I said, bitch, you got me fucked up. Like, who do you think you are? Like, I don't just pick up whenever you call and go link with you. Like, it's not like that. We not like that. Then I blocked him. But basically, I don't know. Tinder is weird like that. Dudes just be weird. Like, and some people, yeah, like you'll talk for a little bit and they'll be like, oh, you got Snapchat? Or like, oh, you got instant, you know, just trying to do like weird shit just to get their like boostings of whatever lame shit they got going on. And then other dudes that you link with, they're like, oh, like, let's chill. And I'm always like, what is your definition of chill? Because everybody has a different definition. And it's yeah. like, I don't like, you can go on Tinder to hook up if you want to. But like, I just always say that's not really what I'm here for. Exactly. Like, yeah. it has period, though. Like, guys will meet you. You want to fuck. And it's just like, damn, like, you don't even Can you relax? Like, can you, you like, know my last name? Right. <laughs> you feel me? And it's like, you're going to, like, run through all the women that's in this pool, all the black women in this pool, if that's what you're going for as a black man, if you just keep on, like, the first thing you say is, let's fuck, let's chill, let's smoke. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can we at least like, be homies a little bit? Like, can we be able to be right. cool after the fact? That's cool. It kind of reminds me of, uh, you guys watch Insecure? Mm-hmm. I watched it. Yeah, I watched yeah. it like yeah, first yeah. season. When, when Issa was like single, I think the third se- beginning of the third season, mm-hmm. and she was kind of like going through the dating pool, and it was like, 
It was just like one fucked up person after the exactly. night or whatever. whatever. <laughs> so it's just like, it reminds me of that. And I feel like as a black woman too, being that black woman are like, I think black women are like the highest educated demographic mm-hmm. in the nation. Um, and like black men on, on the lower end. So it's just like, that's another dynamic that black women have to deal with. It's like, if you do want to keep it all black, it's like, sometimes you got to like date under, mm, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? You kind of got to go backwards in the dating mm, pool. And exactly. I think that's unfortunate as well. Um, and I just, I don't know, black men just need to, we need to step our shit up. <laughs> Yeah. Please, please, yeah. thank pretty, you. Pretty please, because I rather date a black man. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Black love is <laughs> right. what I'm trying to go for. But yeah. Have you got? Have you dated interracially? And like, what's that experience been? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you go first. Um, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, like, so one of the first guys I talked to when I first got here was a white boy, and he was fine. Like there's nothing wrong with him. It was just like a lot of ghosting, (laughs) a lot of ghosting was happening and it's like, okay, can you, and that happens across the board. It doesn't matter what, yeah, just period. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. It happens across the board, but it was just like, I just didn't understand because I wasn't really dating like that. When I first, when I, before I got here, I wasn't really dating like that. I was never like really the type of girl to like be getting attention from dudes like that so yeah. it was just i was just like going with the flow so like when i first started people were like you know my friends were like warning me about like how dudes be and i'm like whatever yeah and so i got ghosted for the first time and i'm like huh? what is this i, I was like what so you just corny. stop talking to somebody out of the blue and you talking to them every day yeah, and i was corny. like okay so i messaged him i was like what's up like why you like what's up he's like oh i'm just trying to do me and i was like <laughs> oh okay right, like, like heard you yeah i was like okay i hear you and like it's fine and then it was just like, and then after that, like it was the second time, like I went back and talked to him for a second time and the same thing happened again. But it's just like a really weird like dynamic with like dating interracially. Yeah. So I don't know. For um, me, it, it has been a weird experience. I, I know other people, it could work, but it just for me, it, was, it has been weird. Yeah. Um, I can, let me think. And I also just can't imagine dating somebody that can't say nigga. <laughs> that, is, that would be very hard to like try to have a conversation. <laughs> Um, yeah. So for me, I've dated out of my race more so with women, but I think just period, it's like, it's so much easier to be with someone where everything doesn't have to be explained. Like explained, what's understood yeah, yeah. doesn't right? have to be explained Absolutely. basically. And it's just like, they're like, why do you have to do this with your hair? Why you got to sleep with a silk pillowcase? Why? And it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't want to explain literally every silk, single thing to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, damn, like, I really got to break this down for you. You can't be touching my hair like this. You can't yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. You can't say this. Yeah. And I think also, like, being in the POC community, it's, like, we all want to, like, get along with each other. But even within that community, we're still having, like, racism within that, too, just because of, like, what they've been groomed to. Like, every Hispanic person doesn't like a black person. And they might say nigga on the low, and you might have to check them. And every Asian person definitely doesn't either. I don't know. It's just hard for me to date out of my race, even within the POC community, because everybody... I don't know. Everybody want to be a nigga until it's time to be a nigga, basically. Yep. So they might yeah. love me and they might love my culture and he might be wearing Jordans and he might be cool. But at the end of the day, you know, he's not really down for the cause. Yeah. Right? And I think dating interracially, too, is something that like we kind of underestimate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just that experience dating somebody who like at the end of the day, like you guys don't even season your food the same. You don't like you don't use the same shampoo. You don't use the same facial products like. 
you sleeping with a silk pillow. They sleep with a co- you know what I mean? <laughs> regular like, pillowcase, regular stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just like it's a lot of things that need to be like understood. And I feel like you know if you are gonna go the interracial route, I feel like it's it's important to you gotta have patience. You gotta have patience. You gotta mm-hmm. like really immerse yourself into understanding like what they're about, your mm-hmm. differences and stuff like that. And I feel like in this type of environment, everybody is kind of like fantasy chasing in most mm-hmm. cases. And yeah, we kind of undermine the process of dating interracially. It's mm. definitely, definitely something. Yeah. It's a lot. Love languages are different. Cultures are yeah. just different in general. Mm-hmm. I think that's what every person, period, though. Love languages are different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we can uh, wrap this episode up. You guys got any last thoughts? Any last comments? Don't be scared to come talk to a black girl on campus because nine times <laughs> out of ten, they want to talk to you too. Right. Even if we look like we have a resting face, just come up and talk. Yeah. And we'll start doing the same probably, you know. It should yeah, be drop, a two way street. IG, IG Lord XD, shoot your shot if you bow. <laughs> <laughs> My only advice would be just to like as a person of color or just not even a person of color, like as a black person, like don't be afraid to assert yourself into spaces like mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's something that has helped me a lot being here. Like, because when I first got here, I wasn't doing that. Like, I was being very closed off and, like, mm-hmm. not open-minded to situations. Mm-hmm. So it's important that you put yourself out there a little bit more. Make people see you. And my Instagram is Paige the Rower. Shoot that shot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to the listeners, thank you for listening to another episode of the Color Reimagined podcast presented to you by People of Color Clothing. Be sure to follow People of Color Clothing at People of Color Clothing on IG and visit the website at peopleofcolorclothing.com. And thank you. been a cynic picked up the bottle when i swigged it to no limit mama took it from me did i say that i was finished i know she praying for my liver i know she thinks